I self-disclose and say that I grew up with an IEP. I have a disability and had a disability, but that did not stop me from being able to graduate high school, go to college, get a master's degree. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. And now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham on Smooth 88.1 WHOV. Welcome back. It's the 111th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. We are focused today on social entrepreneurship in the age of COVID-19. And joining us now is Cheryl Poe. She's founder of Advocating for Kids, which folk, which actively advocates for children and youth who have physical, emotional, behavioral, and learning disabilities. Far too often, school divisions ignore the individual differences and needs of our children, leaving them frustrated, isolated, and overlooked. With over 15 years of various mentorships, training, and experience, Mrs. Poe is a passionate advocate who has become a nationally recognized special education advocate. She's walked the walk as a parent of a black American child with a disability and understands the fears, trauma, and struggles that parents face. Her oldest child was a victim of a school system that failed to believe he deserved the services needed to be successful and who used his race as a factor to treat him less than. This letter become a founding member and current board president for the National Allies for Parents in Special Education and so many others. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here today. I am super excited to to have you here. Um, I have a background in special education and know firsthand kind of the travesty of, of this scenario. So why is this kind of advocacy so important, particularly to and for the black community? Wow, that's a big question, right? Um, uh, because there is, because people do have disabilities, people do learn differently. Um, I self-disclose and say that I grew up with an IEP. I have a disability and had a disability, but that did not stop me from being able to graduate high school, go to college, get a master's degree, and, and now become a national advocate. So I want to kind of change sometimes the um, language we hear about special education and black students. The research is always negative. It's always about how it harms our kids, but it never talks about how it can help our kids when it's done correctly, when our parents are listened to, when the playing field is, is leveled, when you have the information and the resources to be culturally responsive to the needs of the family, then um, special education can be a tool that parents should be using and should learn about in order for their children to be successful. And usually what happens is the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking about, I'm thinking about the system, right, the quote-unquote mm -hmm. system, yeah. and I know that for many families, schools are simply an extension of other discriminatory systems, right? And so yeah. in many cases, you know, you talk about building relationships and trying to break down barriers, um, but for so many parents, you know, they, they've not effectively learned how to, uh, how to advocate themselves. 
um, for their for their children. They may not even recognize when a disparity is taking place in the classroom. So I would if you would just share some of the work that you do with parents, maybe give us some specific examples um, of ways that you've intervened to kind of help us think through what the possibilities even are, right? So expand our awareness in terms of what advocacy can mean. Well, um, you brought up a good point, and, and I, I kind of want to just call it, I'm a real authentic person. So what you're talking about are the institutional racism Absolutely. that exists within our public educational system overall, but even more specifically, our special education uh, communities, our disability kind of communities. Our, you know, they follow that, and when I, I will define institutional racism as policies, laws, regulations that are developed only by white people. And there is no black voices, no black attendance, no black participation, no black perspective that is in that actual regulation. And then used, even though it's a race neutral law, it's then used to engage in uh, disability and racial discrimination. And that's what you're talking about. And yes, that happens. Um, so that has been the trend for black families in special education, that it's a system that takes advantage of um, the minority family, thinking that they, because as black folks, let's be real, um, special education is, or disabilities, mental health illness, isn't something that we talk about very comfortable. And they know that. So um, I believe that I've experienced school districts take advantage of the things that we choose not to acknowledge in our communities. However, if you are a parent and you have a child with a disability and you're going to those meetings, I, um, I recommend that you please understand and believe in your heart when you walk in there that I don't care how many people are at that table. Nobody knows your child better than you. Just nobody. I don't care how many initials they got after their name. I don't care if I'm in the meeting with you. Nobody knows your child better than you do. And once you embrace that and then start to see and be able to talk about what you know your child needs to be successful, then you come with that voice to the table and you don't sway until you get it. Right? So, um, and because there, there are lots of supports, especially now, you know, schools need to be offering um, um, students with schools, especially our, our students that may be on the spectrum, right? Um, our African-American students on the spectrum really need some social stories that rep, that have pictures of black folks, not white people. You know, and it, um, I, I get quite frustrated when I'm in an IEP meeting and the family's black, the child's black, but the IEP team is presenting these social stories that have pictures, right, that, that help people, that help tell a story but they're all white. So right there, the child's not identifying because the, the, uh, the pictures don't represent him. Or that's just the additional reinforcement of white supremacy, right? Because even though you're working with a black family and a black child, you weren't even able to think, oh, maybe I might want to use pictures that look like that child, look like that parent, as I develop stories that are going to help the child learn. 
So um, that's just one example, and I have a thousand others. <laughs> I don't know that we would have time to go through them. Um, I think that's relevant. So you're saying that yeah. when you are, so where tends to be the point at which you are introduced into the equation? Yeah, I, I, I don't take non-messy cases, right? So, you know, there are times when parents are just struggling a little, but with a little push and just using the right terminology, they, they get through it. Um, I get called in when the parent has done everything they possibly can to work out the issue with the school district, and the school district has ignored them. Or uh, when a school district has taken advantage of a parent's lack of knowledge, and then that parent, we call it that mama bear gut, that, you know, that gut feeling, that mama bear, so you feel it, and you can literally feel it, like something's not right, mm-hmm. and um, you seek out help, and then usually you find out some, usually some horrendous things have happened uh, from situations where services haven't been provided, where a principal <laughs> restrained uh, a pre-K or or kindergarten, maybe kindergarten, a little black guy, um, and, and then put it in writing to the parents saying, yeah, not only is your kid not allowed to come back to school, he, uh, I had to restrain him today. And I remember thinking, oh my God, you were saying this like that is normal. I had At that time, we don't even have regulations for you to be putting your hands on a baby like that. And then when we confronted the white principal about restraining the black baby, of course it changed to, oh, it's not a restraint because it was less than 10 seconds, which is, Anybody listening, that is not the truth. A restraint is a restraint, right? Yeah, a restraint is a restraint is a restraint, exactly. And and, and I I want your listeners, and I I know that (laughs) you didn't bring this up, but this is just so important, and I'm going to be doing a lot of training on this. Starting January, the Virginia Department of Education, who is really struggling with serving the needs of black families with disabilities, has pushed through and are going to have regulatory language where all school districts, 132 school districts in the state are going to be developing policies around restraining and secluding our children. Yes. And guess what? Guess what all the research says? A kid who is restrained the most is uh, what? A black male or a student with a disability? So I've got to ask you this, and in fact, if you've just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, uh, having a conversation with Cheryl Poe uh, and her social entrepreneurship around advocacy for special education students. Um, what, what, what percentage of these issues do you think would be mitigated simply by having more black male teachers? Like, I mean, this feels like something that kind of got to go at from multiple angles, right? Um, yeah. We're going to get a really get a handle on it. You know, we are we are outnumbered yeah. in these scenarios. Um, and ultimately, you know, if I feel threatened, then I, you know, I'm going to be defended and protected even if I go to, you know, 
beyond what is the, the what the least restrictive environment, right? It's crazy. So I hear you. I hear what you're saying. You, you know, I don't agree with you, but just I don't agree with others. I don't agree with me either. I'm throwing things <laughs> right. Okay, out there. Um, there, there, there are situations where, and, and let's. Um, how do, how do, I'm, I'm going to try and be nice. So, as black women and black teachers in our schools, my, the, the majority of them that I've encountered with where, the, where I believe they truly care about the kids um, don't see our as much as, as, as a threat, right? That, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that they never do. I'm just saying a black, you know, the, you know, that have you seen that? Example of oh, where where when did my black baby become a black threat? And it's usually like right around first grade. Yeah. So um, right, you know, because this is what I, my story is about it. My first grader who was restrained. So I, I think that plays a lot in it for black males and black females. I think that um, me seeing a eight what six year old um, upset. Um, instead of restraining, I'm going to communicate with him. I'm going to find out what's wrong. I'm going to um, try and get him to de-escalate without putting my hands on him, right? I'm going to think of those things first. And that's not always the case, I believe, when that teacher intervening with that if they are not the same color or the same race as the child. Um, and you know, then you asked me about do I think having more black males in our schools will change institutional racism? No. no. <laughs> I think that I we're going to be putting institutional racism. <laughs> Not that it would change institutional racism, but that right, right, right. it could help to create an environment where our students, our black male students, um, uh-huh are better supported um, because they are better understood and perhaps better caught simply as a function of this, these new relationships. Um, I mean, I don't know. Of course it's not a, it's not a cure all. Um, I know of, I know of a a gentleman who has uh, put together a, curriculum that focuses on, you know, cultural uh, responsiveness, right? And he has created modules that are Mm -hmm. able to be, you know, accessed online. And and I'm thinking, man, you know, he he is a black Mm -hmm. man, and so he has this experience. And, oh, it's such a, it's a, it's a big. And so I just kind of share that, that I, I believe that, we have some great black leaders, but I think they're in settings where just now they're given the space to have a voice on cultural responses kinds of things, right? I, I, I feel that, um, <laughs> you know, that, that there are people, I, I know, I, I mean, the, the teacher, Armani Hill, that got fired in Chesapeake. I mean, there are teachers that are willing to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to classify that document. No, I'm not going to lie to that parent. And there's such a consequence there. So, you know, I think it's not, it's, it's more about respecting the black teachers and leadership oh, we are that are already in the system. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, 
about this subject matter and we will we'll definitely have you on in 2021 um, oh, thank you <laughs> thank you for today <laughs> thank, thank you, you. This show is brought to you by Positive Vibes Incorporated, our consulting services. We do credit fixes, tax resolution, we lend private money to real estate investors, and we do debt consolidations. Basically, we put money in your pocket when you need money. We put money in your pocket when you need money. 757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street.